Hey guys, this is Just Being Real by Julia. Every now and then, I'll be giving you a bite-sized portion of pure positivity because positivity always wins in life. And I'm just here to have fun because one thing for sure is life is too short to be miserable. And remember, it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than be absolutely boring. So are we ready to just have fun trying to figure out this life? Because one thing I've realized, it's so hard to figure it all out by yourself. All right, then make sure you tune in, subscribe and share. And I'm looking forward to having you on board. Cheers. And welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited. I have another guest with me today. And I had mentioned earlier, we will be speaking to guys who have gone through a hard time during this period. Those are people who've lost their jobs, people who've gone through pay cuts, and just how hard it has been and how people are faring and hoping that this will encourage someone out there. And today's story is a bit different. It's about someone who overcame quite a lot and the challenges he faced. And it's about courage. And there's one thing I know. Courage doesn't mean you are not afraid. Courage is being scared but taking action despite our fears it's putting just like one foot in front of the other even when we are not quite sure where the path is going to lead our career wise it's just about life and even what is happening now with the run but we do not know what the future holds but we need to still have hope. So we're going to listen to this wonderful gentleman. He's going to introduce himself. And before we go there, the highlight of the week. Yes, I've been mentioning quite a lot that it's my birthday. And uh, my son decided to sing for me and insisted he had to. And I just had to record it. And I'm going just to put it here because I love it. So here we go. Thank you, thank you, Martin, for being here um, on my podcast. And I believe most people might have come across you on Facebook. Uh, you are very vocal. So I read the story today on your page and I thought, wow, I would want someone else to hear and hence why I reached out. So we'll just dive in. You'll let us know or our listeners to just know something about you, what you do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. All right, right. Hey, is it good evening? Good morning now. <laughs> Doesn't matter that. <laughs> uh-huh. Hi guys. Um 
my good name is um, Martin Moredi Wanyiri. I am a Kenyan born, Kenyan raised, yes. and basically a Kenyan citizen, a hardworking one. Um, yeah. I'm combined um, a political blogger slash life um, life blogger as well, and also in the corporate world. I professionally, I am in the hospitality background. I portray yes. at least a, a diploma in hospitality management. Mm. However, currently, I work for a company called Hotel Online as a chief commercial officer, overseeing about 20 markets globally. That's about 20 countries globally. Wow, interesting. Uh, okay. That's, um, that's my day-to-day uh, job currently. And uh, I have a life journey that is um, quite inspiring because uh, based on what currently people are going through uh, due to the global pandemic, um, yes. what it has actually raised to the entire society is very difficult. Um, yes. I'm very, I'm very quite engaging on my social media platform. However, I noted yes. in the last couple of weeks that um, there have been so much, and so, I mean, over over 100 inboxes uh, directly yes. from various, I mean, Kenyans, peers, people of our peer age group, people in the same uh, uh, workforce industry, all of them have very depressing inboxes that they drop on my, on my side. So yes. what I do is that I basically go through them. I read, I try, inspire these guys not to, to lose hope. Uh, most of these inboxes are yes. very depressing. The reason why I'm saying this is because these are people who have needs that are primary that needs to be, to be met at the end of the day. Uh, without a job, basically these people are going are losing it. They're going on a complete depression. These people are going through so much. I can I can only relate with because I've been through that path sometime in life and i know how difficult it can actually be well yeah so to uh, cut you just short yeah okay so basically we are going through a challenging time and i believe True. right now is it's most people are even telling you stories of what they're going through now because life generally is harder but things have become harder during this pandemic right true yeah so we can start by telling us your life story and yeah. and and just tell us about because I, I just read it and I thought maybe it would encourage someone out there. And like you said, people have shared their stories as well on your inboxes, especially on social media. So maybe you can start from there, your life journey. And yes. yeah. Well, um, on my side, I am, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm Kenyan born, Kenyan raised, basically actually from um, a county called Kajiado North. I was born and raised in Ongatarongai, schooled in Ongatarongai, and uh, yes. I left Ongatarongai in 2010. Life revolved within Ongatarongai, the Kajiado North constituency. So all my yes. life revolved within there. 2010, I left Ongatarongai after my fourth form 
and um, back then my parents didn't have actually the funds to uh, actually educate me into um, into college school. So yes. what happened in 2010? There was um, a trend of uh, people being actually immigrating to the Middle East for jobs. Well, it was yes. quite very cheaper actually doing it, and it was very promising given the things that we are actually seeing. I had a few friends uh, all along that had actually gone previously, and I knew how potential and actually how beneficial it was for me to to indulge into it. First, I got a job in Iraq. If you remember 2010, it was oh, Iraq okay. was a war zone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Iraq was yes. A war zone. So we had a we had a tussle with my mom. She was against it because definitely no mother would want the kids to go to a, a country which is actually in a war zone. Then of course. whatever happened happened. Actually, I can't remember the details, but I know I never went to Iraq. However, I managed mm-hmm. to get a job in a in a restaurant in Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi okay. Arabia was a country I've never heard of before. But I came to learn about it in that 2010. I did a little bit of research about it, and there was so much negativity about the country, especially the yeah. lady complaining. And uh, there was so much negativity. People saying that it's a country where people get killed. Well, some to a point, some of the stuff were actually happening. To a point, some of them were a bit more exaggerated. However, to yeah. my advantage, this job I got was uh, through an American firm. Investing in the mm-hmm. the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, as it was called, so I mm-hmm. managed to get a visa. Everything was actually paid for: the visa, the ticket, and even the mm-hmm. work permit back then, and the medical and stuff. The only thing I had to cough in my own side was just generally to do the passport, which was um, something that my parents could then afford to do it for me. So yes. I I flew to Saudi Arabia in uh, it was in August around 25th and uh, I got there we were a team of four Kenyans who were shortlisted from here they had shortlisted guys from different countries when I got there there were okay. guys from Philippines there were guys from uh, India guys from uh, Germany as well so with no basic experience about hospitality I was just mm-hmm. an eloquent speaker I was very vocal um, and just just me the, the lively Martin yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So we got trained for about five weeks on uh, how the SOPs of the company run and stuff like that. And I got to I got to the job. It was really interesting. It was a life journey that I really, really until date I actually remember. So I was in Saudi Arabia for a total of one year and uh, six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in, in the one year and six months, I had uh, sourced for other channels to actually move out of Saudi Arabia to pursue my education. It was impossible for me to do education in Saudi Arabia while still work. The, the law okay. there is very different. Yeah. So I really wanted to pursue that, at least get a, a diploma in uh, something that I, can, I, I was actually proud of. But then uh, hospitality came handy because my first job was in the hospitality industry. So I really wanted to venture into it because I had come to like it more. Um, mm-hmm. Then in, um, within the one year, six months, I actually terminated the contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, got, I got a job opportunity in Cyprus. Cyprus is a small country, 
in Europe. Yes. Uh, it's actually more of an island in Europe. So I came to Kenya. Uh, it was through an agent in uh, in Kenya. So I came okay. back to Kenya and I had done some few savings and stuff like that. Um, in Kenya, actually, I, I stayed for two months. Originally, I was just supposed to be here for a few weeks. It was more like a layover than a shoot to the other side. So I stayed okay. for two months here. But however, within the two the two months, I was really going into depression because now everything I had worked hard for uh, as a son, uh, as as a young a young boy, was now yes. being milked by these old men with uh, demands left, right, and center. Oh, we need to pay these. Oh, we you need to get these. Oh, we need. To, by the end of the day, it was a total scam. So I, I had totally. a visa. <laughs> yes. So it's so like had, the way you you come back and they tell you, they think you're from abroad eh? in courts and yeah. they know you have money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in actual sense, I lost about 200K. Wow. That was in 2011. 2011, 200,000 was a ridiculous good amount of money. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I had lost uh, 200k with no management of where I exactly I'm going. So at the end of the day, after a, a few push and pull, I got a visa. Then I had to okay. buy my own ticket, which was not the arrangement given I they were supposed to provide me with the ticket and everything else. So I, got, mm-hmm. I just got a visa and I bought my own ticket because I really needed to push on with life. And uh, because I knew exactly what I want in life. So I got there, the job was not really even well-paying, but the opportunities were greater. Even it's an open country where you can make your own decisions. It's an open country where you can even do two jobs. Unlike uh, Riyadh, where you can, you're only mandated to do one job based on your work permit. Mm-hmm. Um, my journey to Cyprus yes. was one hell of a journey, <laughs> I can tell you. Well, okay. I bought a ticket, a connect flight from uh, JKI to Cairo, and then from Cairo mm-hmm. to Lanaka, Cyprus. So when I got to Cairo, um, we got on a, another delayed flight, so we were accommodated in one nice four-star four to three-star hotel. I actually okay. don't even remember the name, but I have some good pictures. I remember vividly that was my first time I ever... I, I ever bathed in a bath in, in a bathtub. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh-huh. I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. However, after a few hours, uh, we boarded the flight to now Lanaka, Cyprus, and upon okay. reaching, it's about three hours flight from from uh, Egypt because just crossing over the ocean. Upon reaching Lanaka, Cyprus, in the airport, it was almost at eight p.m. Um, shock of my life at the passport immigration yeah. control. The visa mm-hmm. was not fully accomplished. I won't say it was uh, it was fake, but the visa was not yet well yeah. received on the other side, where like uh, the employer had confirmed the same. So there's a way they could be able mm-hmm. to check on the details. And upon call, the company said yeah. that they have not formalized everything. So therefore. This visa, uh, so therefore, meaning I'm entering a country with no mm-hmm. specific place where I'm going, no accommodation guaranteed for me, no meals guaranteed for me. 
uh, basically I was just going to be a street boy. Oh and no. That was okay. a that was a push and pull at the at the airport. So I I laid over at the airport and decision yeah. was made I have to come back. So now coming back that means yes. I had to come back after the 48 hours. Uh well I am coming back to Kenya knowing very well I have spent all to my last all coin. Your money. Yeah. Having nothing completely and here I was super depressed. I came back but uh when I came back I managed to fast forward this I managed actually to to get a very good arrangement with someone who was actually living in SA and uh mm-hmm. he actually invited me to go there so what, all we could do with my mom is we through chamas and stuff we raised some money for the visa and mm-hmm. trust me you I only got 20,000 as an upkeep for me to go and start life wow yeah so paid ticket and 20k mm-hmm. I flew to Johannesburg my friend picked me up at the airport uh I got yes. accommodated they were living in a small room him and the and the girlfriend so I got accommodated there within my second day I managed to get a job I was very chap chap because I really needed to get things rolling so I managed to get a job yeah. as a waiter in the airport one of the busiest airport in Africa that was Oar Tambo International at the domestic wing I got a job okay as a waiter one of the most weird thing was these jobs never uh there was no formal contract there was no basic salary agreed upon basically how you used to mm-hmm. work is the more you sell it was a coffee shop the more you sell yes the more you get commission and the more you get your tips so basically oh, okay. my survival was based on selling and the mm-hmm. good heart of the client i serve So if you sell probably about yeah. 500 in South Africa there's a trend of if you sell about 5000 Kenyan shilling automatically you're supposed to get a 10% tip out of that. So they are very generous yes. they normally give that. But sometimes um uh, knowing South Africans the whites there we uh, they actually Afrikaners but they're also called Boers. Yes. They're very racist. And yes. uh, at a point they will not just tip you but they will also demoralize you based on your color. Yeah. So that was a bit was a yeah. bit a journey to go on, but you had to brave on because you really know you are this is not what you're destined for. You're also looking to greater height. So basically my focus was first of all I need to get out of this cube and leave this couple to continue living by themselves. So the only because now like a third wheeler. <laughs> yeah, imagine I'm living with a and they, they're already getting to know each other and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So apparently now I I really needed to do that on a, a, a super super fast. So how the only, yeah. the only house that could be able to uh to afford was I got a Ghanaian pilot. Uh he was actually mm-hmm. an engineer living the Ghanaian family. Uh he was actually living with his wife and his two kids who are twins and one of the mm-hmm. uh one of their relative So it was a, okay. a two bedroom basically I could not live in live in their sitting room so they rented me their balcony Now this is a bit What? funny <laughs> they rent the balcony So Yeah 
in South Africa people rent balconies to live and uh, is it covered up well or is it a normal balcony like what we have here it's what we have here currently but this was a bit like yes. had like the biggest mirrors covered up but that doesn't mean uh-huh. it's a, it's a room it had its own spaces i mean the size of probably my arm open where yeah. fresh cold will just blow in and yeah. in south africa i arrived there when it was super winter the winter there is extremely cold the winter there is yeah. uh, probably five times what you experience in limuru in the morning wow and it also gets to snow so this was one of those days so it was really cold mm-hmm. not even a heater will warm you up you just really uh really used to have you know like a big uh polythene bag and then your blankets mm-hmm. and like a small high school mattress that i had bought and then you cover so that you don't really get the cold um my immune system was really good i never got to get sick but it was really a a journey of its own kind so i braved on yeah. i kept on doing my best in that job there uh i moved from that job at ortambo to another another high end mall where it had a bit more more busier i could make more tips i could make more commission from it uh yeah same struggle but now the struggle was increased because now here it involved me going into um with they call them the taxis back there in South Africa so i used to commute mm-hmm. uh we'll pay about 12 francs about 120 shillings just one way and then another one there i could make a bit of money so i managed yeah. now to move from the balcony to a room Okay. And um, at least in a room I could I mean I I actually shared a picture of the room but that was more likely when I had already pimped it to my level where like I was like wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean I had a TV set, a small TV stand and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. But in South Africa if you don't have a DSTV then you can't watch anything. So I had a DSTV. It wasn't it wasn't like Uh, here in, in Kenya if you have a DSTV it's more like you're living on the fast lane yeah in South Africa without a DSTV basically you can't watch any TV you you have yeah. you have to keep on buying CDs to watch something or probably a flash drive so the DSTV we were co-sharing it with some Nigerian guys in the in the house because what what was happening is a big house yeah. the, the guy was renting different rooms to people so we had like sharing it with other guys so i was coughing in a little bit of money to eat and that's it so that was like okay. my epic epic time that i was wow now living in the fast lane but the good thing about it yeah. is that i braved on and i really kept on going for for the job i kept on really doing my job hard i was hard working by the way but i also faced my own obstacles Uh, one the recipe yeah. and then secondly also the bully um the zimbabwean guys some of them are really good but most of them are very 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 rude and uh, bully one is because um yeah they also do not want someone who can shine above them 
Uh, uh-huh. you know, South Africans naturally, most of the South Africans are a bit very lazy. So foreigners yeah. tend to have the zeal and tend to win the hearts of the employers to levels. So mm-hmm. here comes a Kenyan. I was the only Kenyan working among the Zimbabweans and South Africans. And uh, yes. I was really outshining, well, well-spoken, experienced, stuff like that. So the only way they could put me down is by bullying me. Uh, this one time I actually got roughed up. <laughs> I can actually remember. Wow. But uh, the journey had to continue. So I braved on and uh, I would make more tips. That one I knew I would make more tips. I was, I really had clients, uh, most of the guys I was serving, they were really happy. So I would make more tips, meaning my yeah. life will, I, I would continue doing my small, I could continue pimping my house, getting my stuff in order, stuff like that. I was really getting, uh, I was also yes. preparing to get some paperwork so that I'm legally there as opposed to how they also, they are there with refugee papers. So I was never in refugee papers. Every time my visa is about to expire, yes. I would renew it. So I was always in the right books. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I was also looking at the long term of having a permit. So I managed to apply for a permit through some guy and I had my papers almost going very well. Then boom, one of my luckiest day was having a young couple. The guy, um, his name is uh, Chris Bentley. He came in with um, a baby stroller, the wife. Uh, The baby was very young, you know, a Jungu kid when he's very young and smiling is one of the most beautiful thing you ever see. So this kid was smiling yes. at me. That was epic. And if I mm-hmm. moved away from probably where the kid will see me, the kid will actually mm-hmm. cry. So that was also another impact. So the parents were like, wow, amazed. This is something that is, that, that is actually not normal to them. So mm-hmm. very well, they were very happy. And uh, we got into a small conversation with them. They were like really interested to know about me. And uh, when they were about to leave, the guy gave me his business card and told me, give me a mm-hmm. ring and let's see how things can unfold. Well, I wasn't so conversant about entirely the whole thing. I thought maybe it's just uh, another guy trying to probably just know more about myself. So yeah, I gave the guy a ring in a couple of, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks back. And he was like, Okay. You took long, but I I was expected I was expecting your call, and I knew if you were actually not going to call, I was hoping to get you. So he invited me okay. to stand. The place was um, a prestigious golf club. I've never been in a golf okay. club all my life. Actually, we used to see to see to see it on TV. I know, I know. I just had to cut it short. It got too long, but the story is interesting. That's why. So you want to just keep tuning in and get to know how the story and it is really inspiring. Okay. And I still hope it's talking to someone out there. For now, you can also tell me what you've learned so far. But one thing that stood out is determination, which is very important in life. Okay. So yes. We wait for the next part 